This morning, as we jump into the daily bread of the Lord's Prayer, the movement of provision, let's go ahead and quiet our hearts and look to the Father and center ourselves in the reality that He is here among us and we are not doing some random things uh, to try and call a distant God close, but he is already near and on the journey with us. So let's be still for a moment. And if it helps, just maybe take some deep breaths. Think on the Lord. If you want to pray the prayer of Samuel, here I am, Lord. Your servant is listening. Do that. Just be still. He's here. Abba, we are yours. And we pray the age-old prayer this morning. Abba, we belong to you. And when we don't have answers... And when life hits the fan, and when we're questioning, and when we're wrestling, we can lean on the prayer and the reality that we are yours, that we belong to you. So here we are, Father. Would you teach us? Would you instruct us? Would you guide us according to your will and your way? And as we open these scriptures and look at this prayer that you've given us, We ask that you would instruct us, and Holy Spirit, you would once again reveal yourself as the one who guides us into all truth. And you know, this morning, as I was praying for us in our time together, um, I just had this sense that some of us are coming in this morning, uh, and the the best way I can describe it, this word just kept coming to my mind, is just, you're just weathered. You're weathered from the journey. Maybe you feel like you've been walking in the desert and you are just parched. Maybe you feel like life has happened and anxieties have ridden you and fear has welled up and you feel like the walls are closing in. You are just weathered from this road that you've been walking. And this morning, the invitation is on the table for you to come and receive what you need. The Holy Spirit is here. Our Father is with us. So if you need peace, it's on the table for you this morning. If you need joy, you feel like things have grown stale in your relationship with the Lord, that's on the table for you. If you're tired and you're weary, beyond this daylight savings shift, but if you're just tired in life and you're journeying and you're heavy, strength is on the table for you. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. So we're coming to you, Lord. Would you be our daily bread? And would you give us bread and water for today's journey? And we pray that as we uh, study and, and submit ourselves to your scriptures this morning, we ask that you would teach us and instruct us and that you would have your way in this place and in our lives from now on through eternity. And we pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, amen. Have you ever prayed the prayer, God, come through? Have you ever prayed the prayer in a season of life? Oh God, I need you right now. I need you to break through. I need you to provide. I need something from you. 
I think we all can relate to that prayer. I myself have prayed this prayer on a number of occasions, but there was one time in particular uh, where it happened when I was in high school. And I was probably 17, 18 years old, and I was pretty awful at this time in my life with my money. And it was a particular week where I had like less than $10 in my account, less than 10 to my name, and I still needed to top up my gas tank. Anybody been there and, you know, you got to eat and yeah, you're living with your parents, but it's just nice to have some wiggle room. Well, I didn't have that. And, uh, you know, I'm hanging out with, with some of my boys that night. There's about five of us and we're just, we're connecting and I think we're at my house like playing Mario Party or something. I don't know. We, were, we went into a pretty mad Mario Party phase when I was 18, but uh, we're sitting there and we're hanging out and you know, I'm well aware that I don't have very much money to my name. And so when um, one of my friends brings up the idea of going out to eat, like any responsible 18 year old, I said, heck yeah, let's go to Sonic. And so we all pile in my 2002 Honda Civic and we drive over to Sonic on Academy and we're sitting there. And again, like the the responsible 18 year old that I am with money, I say, hey, you guys, this one's on me. I got this. Let me get your double cheeseburger. Let me get your French toast sticks. Let me get all of it. It's on me. And uh, and so we're, we're ordering and I'm thinking in the middle of the order, oh my gosh. What have I gotten myself into? Dang it. I'm about to embarrass myself in front of my friend. I'm saying that it's on me, and I know I have like less than $10 in my account. What the heck? God, come through. Help. And so it's the moment of truth. We all order. The total is like over $10 for sure. And I I grab my Wells Fargo Visa, and I put it in the machine, and I'm just holding my breath. God, come through. God, come through. Oh, Jesus, you are the provider. Jehovah Jireh. Come on. And it's it's reading, it's reading, it's reading, and then eight letters pop up on the screen. Approved. Oh, celebratory fist bumps. Come on. Yes, boys, it is on me. But I was praying the prayer, God, come through. And it turns out I'm not saying that God miraculously intervened and put money in my account. He could have. But uh, I must have misunderstood how much money was in my account. But yet I still find myself in this moment praying the prayer, oh, God, come through, provide for me. Meet my needs right now. And Sonic, our bellies were full. Our needs were met. It was a beautiful night. But yet... When we look at our lives, I think we very often, whether we put it in those words or not, pray this prayer of provision. God, come through. God, I need you. Um, And it's this pleading that the Lord would uh, extend his grace and extend his mercy and just sometimes supernaturally come through depending on the specificity of our lives and our specific circumstances. God, come through. Well, the beautiful thing about the Lord's Prayer, one of the many beautiful things, is that this prayer is not written off by Jesus uh, as uh, a prayer that's unnecessary or a prayer that's inappropriate. You're dealing with the omnipotent God here. What are you doing talking about you and asking for the things that you need? But instead, Jesus, in this prayer that he prays, uh, displays for us that Asking for provision and asking for our daily bread and our needs to be met is actually a central component to our relationship with God. And it's this phrase that he uses, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins 
as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And we're missing another quotation there. That's our fault. But it's this prayer that really is this, this um, overarching plea for God to meet our needs in a number of situations. And you know, when we look at this, uh, there's three different movements of provision here. There's the daily bread, and there's the forgiveness of sins, and there's the uh, deliverance from temptation and evil. And you know, um, each of these have a specific role that they play in our lives. Each of these are uh, specifically geared towards a, uh, an area of our lives and, and specific needs. But yet this morning, for the sake of our study, we're going to take this as one uh, overarching, one massive prayer of provision. Because uh, together, these comprise a whole of uh, a way of praying for holistic provision. God, would you meet my needs in every sense of the word? Would you give me my daily bread, the food, the sustenance for my body? Would you provide uh, the the sustenance necessary for me to have healthy uh, relationship with you? Would you give me provision for soul and mind, every part of our being? We can take this prayer to mean holistic provision. Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, And this prayer addresses the felt needs of our lives. And I think very often, though some of us may pray this prayer uh, specifically and in these words, many of us pray for daily bread in a number of different ways. Um, God, I just graduated from UCCS, and I'm 60 grand in debt. FAFSA is calling my name. And these student loans are about to kick in, and I don't have a job yet, and I kind of need one. Lord, would you come through? Would you give me a job? Uh, Father, I feel just absolutely decimated in my soul. This has been a taxing season. I feel tired. I feel lost. I feel like I'm caught in the fog of life. Would you just give me clarity and give me peace and give me an anchor Or this prayer can really take a more serious shape, a more weightier shape. Father, my friend has cancer for the second time. God forbid the third time. Help, come through. We can't lose this person. We love them. Would you heal them? Extend your kingdom life to their body. Or God, I'm in a dysfunctional familial relationship where the relationship with my father or my mother or my brother or sister is just dysfunctional and toxic. Would you come? Would you move? Would you break through? Father, uh, I, I just feel lost. I feel like I have no purpose. I'm, I, I feel like you called me to this occupation or this vocation, and I'm not getting any traction. Would you come through and give me clarity? Give us this day our daily bread. Do you ever find yourself praying prayers like this? I think we all can relate. And you know, it's important, as we've stressed throughout this series, to put these prayers in their appropriate context. Uh, and it's important that we don't lead off with these prayers or make these the priority of our prayer life because Jesus um, kind of dictated the priority in which we should pray, that it was first our Father, that our needs are met in the context of relationship with this omnipotent God who has made himself available, who is close, and we now have proximity to this Father who's knit us into covenant relationship with him. 
and hallowed be your name. Let your name be exalted. Let your name be revered beyond anything that happens with me. God, at the end of the day, you're the everlasting God. You be revered. You be brought praise. You be manifested to the nations and to all creation. And then this prayer, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Extend your rule, King Jesus, on this earth. And then after that, he says, Give us this day our daily bread. You see, there's a movement here. There's a proper and appropriate context and movement that we place this prayer in. The context of relationship with God. And we ought to be careful not to just rush into these prayers or not to uh, make these prayers kind of the overarching emphasis or theme of our prayer life. Because then, as we talked about last week, we can begin to assume that God exists to meet our needs. We can begin to assume that God is kind of this transactional deity that we say the right prayer and he's this Coke machine that we just do the right things and then da, 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 da. Okay, great. Thanks, God. Appreciate it. And we get back to our thing. But this is within the context of life with him, kingdom living, citizens of the kingdom, father, hallowed name, kingdom and then provision of bread, of forgiveness, and of deliverance. Uh, as we look at this phrase, the uh, Jew, the first century Jew that would be hearing Jesus articulate this, as soon as they heard this phrase, give us this day our daily bread, they would be thinking of a very particular point in the history of Israel, and that would be the days of the Exodus, and the movement through the, the wilderness where God extended his love and extended his grace to them and provided them manna in the desert. You see, this was very intimate for the Jews. As soon as they heard bread, they would think, oh, wait. Jesus is talking about this God who provided for us thousands of years ago when we were led out of Egypt and we walked through the desert and we could have starved and we could have been left to our own destruction in the desert, but this God ransomed us and he provided for us every day and he didn't give us manna for the next day or the day after so that we could kind of hoard it to ourselves and build our own security and our emergency fund, though we ought to. But instead, it's this God who, who gave us manna, daily bread for every single day anew. His mercies somehow we find are new every single morning. And to the Jews, this is the same God who would eventually give them the Torah, instruction, uh, the decrees of teaching that how they would live in covenant relationship with him, Torah, this treasured sacred law of the Lord. And then this would also be the same God who after that would lead them into the promised land and, and uh, give them this land that they could live in themselves, with themselves, in proximity uh, to their God, in covenant relationship with him. This sacred space that they could live a, a stable and, and functioning life as the people of God. It's the same God then who after that gave them the judges and gave them the kings to ensure that they lived in a stable uh, society as the people of God, that, that uh, the government wouldn't kind of crumble and they'd be left in, in this funk of existence, but instead there was stability and there was anchor and there was uh, this, this living that they could count on and, and hang their hopes on, that God was in fact in their midst in a, a structured, in a functional way. 
It was the same God to the Jews that then, even in their disobedience, when they uh, submitted themselves to idolatry and to sexual immorality over and over and over again, that even then this God, who is merciful and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, would extend his grace to them when they were in exile and say, this is because of your disobedience and yet I'm ransoming you still. We still have relationship. I haven't washed my hands with you, but you're still my people. Then this is the same God who sent the Messiah, Jesus. You see, for the Jew, this catalog of life with the Lord is extensive. Their journey of faith with God is not one-dimensional, but they had seen the provision of God time and time and time again. The Exodus, the Torah, the judges and the kings, um, you know, manna in the wilderness, the prophets, Jesus himself, that God had revealed himself as provider. And this is our heritage as the people of God today, this Judeo-Christian faith that we hold to. And so we see In the history of the Jews and even this prayer that Jesus gives us, uh, we see the central reality that God has perennially made himself known to his people as Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides for his covenant people. Century after century, decade after decade, time after generation after generation, God is not revealing himself to his people as, well, uh, I'm going to be up here. In heaven, my holy habitation, and you kind of do your thing down there, and then maybe in the afterlife we'll reconnect. Uh, and if you need anything, just holla. I may or may not get to you, but we'll, we'll touch base, you know, when you die. Okay. But instead, he's saying, hey, I am Jehovah Jireh. I am the God who provides. I am the God who extends my love and grace to you. I'm the God who gives you bread for today's journey. I'm the God that meets your needs. And so we see that this provisional aspect is a, is a central part of covenant life with him. That we can hang our hats on the reality that God is going to provide our needs because we are his people. And this reality, this provision of the Lord is what makes the psalmist in Psalm 34 verses 8 through 10 say, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord, what? Lack no good thing. Taste and see that the Lord is good. If you're his people, you're not going to lack a thing. The Lord generously meets our needs. And he's made himself known as Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. And so we see that this reality of provision that God has revealed to his people and extended provision to them throughout the centuries is a central part of covenant relationship with him. So much to where it's kind of assumed in life with him. Uh, you know, we never walk through our lives of faith uh, just hoping, oh God, maybe you'll come through this time. Uh, maybe you'll, you'll give me enough money to pay my bills. Maybe uh, you'll come through in these areas of relationships that are dysfunctional. Maybe. But instead, historically, we see God as Jehovah Jireh, generation after generation after generation, after generation, proving himself faithful. It's part of the package 
I look at uh, my son, the relationship with my son, Rush, who's two and a half. Uh, You know, with him, he doesn't have to wake up every single day and ask that I feed him and plead with me. Oh, dad, would you please feed me, please? He doesn't have to beg or plead with me that I'm going to give him a warm bed to sleep in. He doesn't have to plead with me that his needs were going to be met. But by being a Caldwell, just by nature of that name and by nature of our proximity and our relationship to one another, he knows that he's going to get uh, three meals a day at least, though that quickly turns into like five or six. He knows that he's going to have a warm bed to sleep in every single night, right? I'm not going to make him sleep out on the deck, Uh, he knows that he's going to get milk every morning. He knows he's going to get chocolate milk on Sabbath, the day of delight. Come on, he loves that. And he knows that he may occasionally get a venti Americano from Starbucks. Just occasionally, you know. Again, he's a Caldwell. I got it. Just kidding. Don't report me. We don't give him coffee. But just by nature of being my boy, he has his needs met. It's, It's just, it's part of the package And it's the same in our relationship with God, where so often we can white-knuckle our lives and and drift in our faith and our assurance that God's going to meet our needs. And we say, oh God, would you dot, dot, dot. Oh God, it's looking like I'm going to run out of money. Would you provide my needs? Oh God, uh, it's looking like I'm going to die alone and never find someone. You're 20, bro. Like, chill out. (laughs) Oh God, I don't know if I'm going to pass my classes. Oh God, you know, when we, we struggle and we struggle and we wrestle. And you know, it's just part of the package. And it, being his kids and being in this covenant relationship with him, we can trust that if God has revealed himself uh, to his people of old, the ancients, as Jehovah Jireh, then of course he's going to reveal himself in the same way to us. We're his kids. We're not trying to get this distant God to look on us and throw us a dollar bill every now and then, like some stingy father. But instead, we know that the heavens are open. Jesus says that God makes rain fall on the righteous and the unrighteous alike. As his creation, we have the love and the grace and the provision of the Father. And so when we pray this prayer, uh, Give us this day our daily bread. We're dealing with a God who has a pretty good track record of meeting the needs of his people, Jehovah Jireh. Uh, And this theme of provision, this central aspect of the covenant was so important to Jesus that a mere 14 verses later in Matthew chapter 6, He gives the Lord's Prayer, and then 14 verses later, he talks about meeting our needs and providing for us. And it's a very familiar passage of Scripture to a number of us, but let's go to Matthew 6, 25 together. 14 verses later, even then Jesus is talking about provision when he says this, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Nor about your body, for what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothes? The resounding answer is yes. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your, what? Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? 
Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field with Abercrombie and Fitch, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what are we going to eat? Dude, I'm on my last pack of ramen. Or what are we going to drink? I'm kind of sick of water. I could really go for a Coke. What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But, again, context here of life, that our needs are met. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Your Father is the one who meets the birds of the air, Jesus is saying. Your father is the same one who clothes the grass of the field. And you having souls, and you having relationship with your father, and you knowing him, and you loving him, how much more is he going to meet your needs? And then he kind of gives you a little healthy jab. Oh, you of little faith, come on. Like, are you really not going to trust God? This is the God who has perennially and inexhaustibly made himself known to all creation and to you as his people that he is Jehovah Jireh. So, of course, he's going to meet your needs. It's part of the package. If you are a son or you are a daughter, you can trust and hang your hat on the reality that God is going to clothe you. Providing for the sparrows, providing for the grass, again, extending his love and his life to all creation. And yes, that uh, definitely includes you, his people, his sons and daughters. And so he's the one who meets all of our needs, who satisfies us with daily bread, who satisfies us with forgiveness of sins, who gives us deliverance from evil. This God who has made himself known perennially as Jehovah Jireh. And even more than this, when we look at the life of Jesus, we see an even greater reality at work with this prayer of provision and daily bread. See, because the petition for provision that was given by Jesus was supremely answered in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Where Jesus didn't simply just give us a prayer and say, hey, yeah, do this, and then maybe God will come down. But instead... He said, here's this prayer. You're dealing with your father here. You can pray this. But then he himself was also the very answer to this prayer. He was the bread of life. He was the forgiveness of sins. He was the deliverer of evil. So him, in his incarnation, his life, death, and resurrection, he was the very answer to the prayer that he laid out for us. And so in this paradoxical, mysterious way, he was both the prayer and the answer to the prayer itself. The bread of life the forgiveness of sins, the deliverance from evil. And so when we look at this provision of Jesus Christ and God's provision as Jehovah Jireh to meet our needs, not just of body, not just of manna in the wilderness, but also of salvation and and life and forgiveness and everything that we needed in our own lives to get done that we didn't have the strength to get done ourselves and we didn't have the capacity to make our own way to the Father, Jesus kicks the door in and he says, let me be your bread. Let me be your forgiveness. Let me be your deliverance. And God, in the, the Father, in the most supreme way, answers this prayer of provision through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. 
And so when we look at this life of Jesus, we can be assured that if the Father has met our greatest needs, the needs of salvation, the needs of relationship, restored reconciliation and relationship with him, then of course he's going to meet the smaller needs of our lives. If God has gone to such great lengths to send his son, the father giving the gift of his son to the earth and redeeming a people for himself and ransoming for himself sons and daughters to live with forever and ever and ever from everlasting to everlasting, then of course in the meantime, he's going to supply our bread and water. In the meantime, of course, he's not going to let us starve. In the meantime, of course, he's going to meet our needs of body and soul and spirit and everything we may need. And so we can trust that since God has met the provision, both of the Israelites in the wilderness and throughout history— perennially as Jehovah Jireh and up until the climax of history, Jesus Christ meeting our greatest needs on Calvary. We can trust that, of course, we're dealing with our father here who's going to meet the lesser needs of our life. That job we need, we're moving out of our parents' house and we really need some money for rent. Will he not provide the money for our meeting of everyday needs, will he not provide the, the relational uh, 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 satisfaction of soul that we need? Will he not provide? He is the God who has met the needs of his people throughout history and in the greatest needs through Jesus. So we can trust our needs will be met. That he has inexhaustibly revealed himself to us. You know, this is our inheritance as the people of God the inheritance of history, the inheritance of Jesus, and now the promise that we're going to be okay. And we may at times get the shortness of breath. Oh, wait a minute. This, this doesn't feel real good. Um, be nice if I had six months of savings stored up and could pay my bills that way. But Father, oof, would you come through here? We know that our Father will provide our needs. And that's not a blank check, by the way. <laughs> That's not saying that what the heck ever you ask for, God's going to give it to you. Hey, I, I want an H2 Hummer, Lord, that'd really be great. Uh, I want a $15 million jet because I had a $10 million jet last week. Yeah, we don't have that promise. But we do have the promise that God will meet and satisfy our needs. The psalmist says, even in the Old Testament, Lord, give me what I need for today. Give me the provision for today. Don't make me rich that I may uh, heap up riches and forget you. And don't leave me in poverty so that I may sin against you. But instead, give me satisfaction for today. God always revealing himself as the one who meets the needs of our daily bread and forgiveness and um, reconciliation with him. And so um, wherever there is in your life that's causing angst, I think there's a number of us this morning where we just, we're feeling that weight. We're feeling maybe the constriction of life suck us. Maybe of some faith, of some assurity that God is going to come. But wherever you're at in life right now, the, the invitation and the provision is on the table for you. The Father will meet your needs. And so whether you're in a, a tricky financial situation, whether you're, you feel like maybe some stuff's hit the fan relationally and you need some health with that, whatever the situations are, you're dealing with your father who art in heaven, who's made himself available, whose name is holy and who's uh, extending his kingdom on the earth and who has promised to meet our needs. 
And so as we wrap up here, let's just quiet our hearts and look at these areas of our lives. If that's you, uh, then this invitation of provision, I think, is a good reminder for you. We can all drift. We can all assume that we're kind of, at times, maybe we feel like we're on our own. We got to make things happen ourselves. We're not seeing God come through in the timeline in which we thought he would. But yet, the invitation this morning is come back to childlike trust. You're dealing with your father here. And for those of you who maybe are in a good spot, you feel like all your needs are provided for. You feel like your belly's full every day. You feel like there's not a glaring need in your life. Even still, you're dealing with your father who will continue to meet your needs. And it's him who makes rain fall on the righteous and the unrighteous alike. We don't do this ourselves. We don't make this happen. But God, we go to you this morning as father. Not as distant deity. Not as slave driver, but as father. And we as your kids can trust that the promise of provision is just part of the package. And Jesus, in giving us the Lord's Prayer, we thank you that we can pray this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. These are prayers of provision. And we ask that you would make yourself known to us, each and every one of us, as Jehovah Jireh, as the one who breaks through and provides. So God, wherever we're at this morning, I pray that just the peace of God would rule in our hearts. And if there are glaring needs of our lives, let us come back to childlikeness and trust our Father's word and trust that our lives are covered and we're good. As your kids, you're not going to let us stumble or slip or fall through the cracks or go hungry, but that you are ours and we are yours. You meet our needs. And Lord, as we discuss and remind ourselves of this reality and really make this concrete, we ask, Holy Spirit, you'd continue to teach us and uh, make this real and specific for us. And we pray that you would continue to guide us into all truth. And we pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, amen, everybody. Um, Enjoy discussion, nuance, process. Use these questions as a guide. And God bless you guys as you discuss. Much love. All right, people of God, once you're finished, if you could, go ahead and stand up on your feet. We're going to pray the Lord's Prayer together as we dismiss. All right, let's pray these words together in faith. Let's pray the words that the Lord taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen.